Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so. You can catch us on the road, promise we ain't doing shows. So that means if you ain't with us, you ain't witness to the... I'm Christian Gamalin. And I'm Austin Caphammer, and welcome to the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. And this is episode 5. Thank you to Ziggy Zay for that intro music. The regular season has begun. We're about a week and a half late, but we could finally talk about some actual basketball. Yeah, just a little a little late, but no worries. We had to get a couple games under our belt. <laughs> the Blazers have been looking pretty good, 4-2 and two right now. Got a big game tomorrow against the Rockets, but James Harden's out, so hopefully they can win that one too. Yep. So Rockets, Rockets are uh, one in one in five now, or one in four. Yeah, I think it's one in four, and the okay. Thunder are pretty bad too. So that's a good sign. Oh yeah. But let's just Love talk that. about um, yeah. Let's let's talk about the games we've had so far. So the first game, I was there. Blazers against Lakers. LeBron's first game as a Laker. What are some uh, key takeaways from that first game? Man, um, well, first and foremost, uh, they were saying before the game or just really in some of the preseason matches that Dame just looked like he was in midseason form and he just came out and had 29 really on that first night. So I think I think the overarching message um, that almost goes without saying in, in all of these games that we played thus far is, is just his performance right off the bat. Other than that, I would say... Overall, if we're, if, we're, if we're talking about not just the Blazers, JaVale McGee really impressed me in that game. They were giving him some props in, in like the first and second quarter, talking about, oh, you know, he, he don't, don't, he's not just a joke. I think Chris Webber, Chris Webber was really siding with him, saying, oh, he's not, he's not just an internet joke. Like, he can, he can, you know, dunk and block some shots. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Chris Webber. And then, oh my <laughs> goodness, he was doing some stuff, man. Yeah, JaVale's been impressive so far this season. I think he uh, definitely has a strong role on that Lakers team. I think he'll continue to be pretty good throughout the rest of the season, too. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, and then, I don't know. I would say CJ was just kind of a, a little disappointing in that first game and in a couple of these first couple games. So that would be probably my next, if not really my second initial reaction. But definitely right off the bat, got a shout-out to Dame. Some of my notes from being at the game... First off, Sauce Castillo, Nick Stauskas came out killing. Got 24 points, uh, 7 for 11 on field goals, 5 for 8 three-pointers. The dude was just on fire. Everyone was loving it in the arena. Uh, Nick Stauskas just really got a nice welcome into Portland, and he's been playing great since then too. Yeah, man, I, I don't know how I even just kind of spaced that right there, but yeah, obviously that was that was crazy. He uh, So I was just watching that... Uh, that Pacers game and Dame was doing a little, I was kind of focused on him, but sauce has definitely been since that game. He hasn't really had, you know, it's hard to match that 24 point performance, but he's, I've just noticed the way that he handles the ball within our offense, just that dribble penetration. He gets a lot of guys open and helps with a lot of the ball movement and whatnot. I think he just is um, a really good piece for our offense, even if he's not always scoring. Yeah. And the other probably big blazer performance in that first game was zach collins with six uh six blocks being at the game i we like noticed maybe one or two of collins blocks but watching the game over again i saw every one of those blocks and they were amazing and zach collins just came out strong he's been strong so far this season 
Uh, when he's playing great, the Blazers are playing great. So it's just really great to see Zach Collins playing hard to start the season. Yeah, and you know, I won't I won't try to jump too far ahead of ourselves here, but in the later games that we're going to discuss, he's he's averaged he's back to back career highs. Um, I don't know, actually, maybe he eclipsed it here um, tonight in Indiana. I, I, I just was watching when he had matched his uh, career, I think, in Miami the other night. So even aside from getting 17, two 17-point games back-to-back for him, um, I still don't – that's not even really where I notice him the most. He just on defense, dude, is – oh, my goodness. He's – like you said, he had six blocks in, in that game. He um, – He's just been a monster on defense for us all year, and I think he, he does it really well in terms of, of not fouling. He doesn't he doesn't keep fouling out of games like Yusuf does. So, um, sorry, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves here. but Key takeaways, Stauskas came out strong. Zach Collins already doing great at the start of the season. Uh, that game actually was a lot closer than it looks. I mean, it's a nine-point game, so it's close enough. But throughout that game, it was kind of a nail-biter. A big part of why the Blazers won is the Lakers – just couldn't get a three-point shot to fall for most of the game. It was definitely a, a close, tough one, and LeBron James was trying hard. He, you know, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. He played hard in his first game as a Laker, but luckily the Blazers were able to get some strong bench scoring and beat him in their first game. So uh, second game of the season against the Spurs. This one, the bench had 41 points, so still another pretty strong uh, scoring yeah. game from the bench. Do you have any thoughts on that Spurs game? Absolutely. Um, I actually, uh, for our viewers out there, it was my girlfriend's and my sister's birthday on the same day. And my family, who I haven't seen in a couple months, was in town. And um, so I had a crazy week last week. So um, I actually missed more Blazers game, part of Blazers games last week than I did all of last year, pretty much. Um, but still managed to watch recaps and whatnot. Um, but from what I did catch of that Spurs game was off the ball I noticed so much more ball movement and when I've watched these Miami games and even honestly Orlando we just it are so most of our guys are just standing there Evan Turner can get a shot and help create a shot and dribble penetrate and whatnot but we it, it, it seems here in recent games even in, in a lot of these possessions in this Indiana game that I just finished watching it's not like the first game or two or three games where our bench was coming off and scoring all those points. I mean, we still we still ran the board up our bench tonight in this Indiana game compared to their, like, I don't know, 10 bench points. But we are just – I'm not seeing enough off-ball movement. And that's, like – that's when the Blazers are at their best, when they're running Terry Stotts' offense and they're they're all moving. And it just seems, seems like a – I don't know, like it's actually orchestrated and purposeful rather than just whatever you can get and just settling for it. That's that's what I've noticed, and the Spurs game was, in my opinion, kind of the the reflection or the or the pinnacle of that bench performing at that level and the the optimal way that we want to see Terry Sauce's offense ran for the Portland Trailblazers, especially with these new roles like putting Et at the helm for the for the bench players. Yeah, I, I definitely want to talk more about that bench unit um, later on, but that that Spurs game was just a strong game. It was. Uh, fairly close throughout, but Dame was able to play well. Dame and CJ both shot nine for fifteen. Uh, they were both playing strong, uh, so that was that was a big part of it. Was our starters also were playing well? There was a plus eighteen, plus minus for uh, Dame, CJ, and Aminu. So uh, those starters were doing great in the Spurs game as well. 
What about the Wizards game? That was a overtime game, a heartbreaking loss. My big takeaway Man. from that one is just Morris. M- mainly that he tried to pull down Seth Curry's shorts, which was just ridiculous. And I- I'm just not a fan at all of just getting a fine for that. Because you remember when CJ was suspended after a preseason game, he stepped onto the court, took a couple steps when there was a fight going on, and then walked right back realizing that he's not supposed to go on the court. He got suspended a game for that. And then Markeith Morris, at the end of the game, the last play to win it, he messes with a guy on the court. You can't do that. That's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, and then remember what we were texting about, even when you were asking, you know, what about topics for uh, this evening's episode? What what are we doing letting guys like Markeith Morris, Kelly Olynyk, Justin Winslow is... You know he's he's got a pretty high ceiling and he's gonna be he could be really good in the league and whatnot and he already is just like really good but not as good as the, they look against the Portland Trailblazers. I can't remember the other guy yeah. too. Kelly Oubre did pretty good too. Twenty two points from the Wizards. Yeah, just just these these decent, not really all star or even really guys on their teams are putting up numbers against us and it just it's. Their wing players, I don't know. I thought I thought Aminu was supposedly our best defensive wing defensive player on the team, and he's at the wing. You know, Mo just got his knee injury, so that's that doesn't really help that case. But like, what is up? We can't be given points like this to to for, Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young had like fifteen or something, yeah. fifteen or more tonight. Like, we can't be letting wings and forwards get those kind of points if they're. I mean, I don't want to say no names, but not the caliber of players that they that they have been. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that Wizards game was close throughout. It went to overtime. The Wizards were able to s- squeak it away from the Blazers. But in that game, that had the... I think that had the least bench scoring we've had. Actually, no, the Heat game had the lowest bench scoring we had. This uh, The Ugh. Wizards game was uh, just 40 points from the bench which is the same as the Magic game and just one less than the Spurs game. So, I mean, when the bench isn't playing amazing, uh, it's kind of more up in the air how the Blazers are going to do. We've had a couple games where the bench just really went off and it sealed the game for us. Yeah, and we don't even necessarily need to have them do what they did in those first couple games. Just like 80% of that effort would be good enough. But we're, we're always talking about, oh, we got a big three in Portland almost. Oh, we just need Yusuf to finish up developing, which is kind of just like a given. I don't think it's even really a given anymore, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say that. But we, we're we talking about, oh, Damon, CJ need a third or uh, a 3 and D small forward. CJ's got to pick it up this season. Now, I'm not saying that he's not going to, given the caliber of player is, that he is and just how much he works on his game and whatnot. But he's he's off to a slow start. And Yusuf, he's barely even starting regardless, like, with how many fouls he's pulling. So we, aside from Dame and a a couple good bench performances and Evan Turner, it's really Dame and Evan Turner. And then Stauskas, because partially because of how much low of an expectation there was. You know, like, yeah, he had a great first game. He's done well. But in terms of actually putting, translating to numbers on the court, Zach Collins, Dame, and E.T. right now are the ones that are doing it in my mind. We need yeah. we need the guys that are we need the guys that people have been writing about all summer to 
that are supposedly solid to be solid right now. Yeah. You know, I I just want to I would, I just want to skip to it. I want to talk about the lineups that the Blazers are rolling because if the Blazers can be successful in it, I think Terry Stotts could be coach of the year because his second unit is amazing. Like I'll take Dame, CJ, Aminu and Nurk as the starters. Uh, if you have Layman in there or Mo in there, I think either one's going to be fine. But the defense, uh, the second unit with Et at point guard, he has two shooters and Stauskas and Curry. They've been playing great so far. You have mm-hmm. Collins, who's one of the best defenders in the league right now. At least he's playing like it, and he's doing great on offense. You again, you put Mo, you put Layman, you put Myers in there tonight. You put in Swanigan. Uh, any of them can just complete that unit perfectly. And Evan Turner is just playing great. Um, I mean, he's he's not a perfect shooter. A lot of the times, he'll hold hold on to the ball too long, but they're just moving the ball. They're they're scoring at will, and Stauskas is playing like C.J. McCollum. Like when you watch C.J. McCollum in previous years, C.J. dribbles around fifteen to twenty feet from the basket. Eventually, he'll lose a defender. He'll shoot it or he'll pass it and get an assist. Stauskas is driving consistently. He's not running around. He's driving straight to the basket, and he's either scoring or he's assisting almost every time, especially in this Indiana game tonight. And Stauskas and Collins have a special connection, and just have an ET who can uh, who can handle and lose a defender, Stauskas who can drive past guys and and score from anywhere, and Collins who you know he has a little bit of a three pointer. I think he's scored about one per game so far, and yeah. he's been killing inside, and he's been blocking like crazy. Like, I just am loving those three together. Curry has had his moments. He's played really well. I think he had one game where he had something like 20 points. I know that I know that Curry has a um, – I think he's he has his contract is up after this year. He has, like, an option or something after this year, right? Is oh, yeah, Curry and Stauskas are just this year. Uh, see, that was going to be my follow-up question. So we got to – that's so. Here's here's my follow up question. Then, do you think that we retain Stauskas over the summer? I mean, if he keeps playing like he is right now, I sure hope so. I think I think that's a little too early to be asking because things could change easily, and you know people go on hot streaks. But seriously, this is like if Dame and CJ weren't ahead of him on the depth chart, and Et wasn't the point guard for the second unit, Stauskas would be getting like national attention right now. This would be like Lynn Sanity because Stauskas putting up twenty four that first night. If there weren't other guys ahead of him, he'd be scoring 30-plus, I think. Um, But it definitely helps to have those guys in front of him so the attention is taken off of him, uh, especially in that Lakers game. The Lakers weren't even planning for Nick Stauskas, I'm sure. So, well, you got you got the box scores in front of you. Well, why don't you go ahead and list off each of his, his numbers for each game and just his points for each game? Yeah, so game one, 24 points, two rebounds, two assists, seven for 11 shooting, five for eight from three point. Five for five free throws. So he was just killing from everywhere. Against the Spurs, let's see. Just three points on one for five shooting. So that was his Mm. down night. Luckily, the rest of the team did great, especially the starters showed up in that game. Against the Wizards, he had 15 on five for 10 shooting, three for 10 three-pointers. So that's great. 50% from three-point, 50% from the field. He had eight rebounds, Nick Stauskas did, and three assists. That's pretty good. Yeah, and he had a plus-minus of zero which is pretty high considering no one's going to have that high when you lose the game. So having a plus minus a zero is pretty good in that situation. Uh, Against the Magic, now that game, this is where 
the Blazers can be a little concerned with how things are going. This is the Orlando Magic. I mean, they're four and two right now, and four of those games were against Eastern Conference teams, and both of the losses were against Eastern Conference teams. So that's something to be concerned about in the crazy deep West. Uh, and this Magic game was close for a long time, and the Magic had a lot of chances, but Dame was able to put them away, luckily. Uh, but there was a lot of good bench scoring in that game. And Stauskis, he he only had four points. He was two for six, um, and 0 for two from three-pointers. So not his best game there either. Luckily, Dame was going off because of that heckler in the first or second row. Um, <laughs> Did you see that? Did you, <laughs> you see hear that about Twitter that? Account? Yeah, loud magic fan or whatever. Oh my goodness, that's that's that really I, I I I try not to speak down on people, especially not on a, on my own podcast. But that's just really pathetic, man. That's like that, I mean, that's all I gotta say. Let's be real. If I was sitting in the first or second row, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be screaming my head off. I don't think I'd be insulting players. I don't think I would be. But I don't think I'd be. Qu- I, am, I don't think I'd be questioning his degree and the validity of his degree and his education. Yeah, just yeah. Just because he's an athlete, he, he's like a, exactly. He's, he worked just as hard as anybody else for that. Like, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, seriously. Everybody's, everybody's yeah. got to have something, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't be that guy, but. They would know I was there because I scream my head off from the 300s. I scream my head off when I'm in Sacramento. I scream my head off when I'm in Denver. I scream my head off in the Moda Center. So I don't care where I am. I'm going to scream my head off. So I'm sure I'd be noticed if I were in the first or second row, but hopefully not in the way he was. But against the Miami Heat, Stauskas had five points on two for four shooting. He had one free throw, one for one. So not great in that game. That game was just a poor showing from the Blazers altogether, except for Dame, who had 42 points. Dame has been killing it so far, except for in this Pacers game, where it was all bench. It was, yeah, he was Zach leading, Collins. He, he was leading the NBA in scoring. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what, what the case. He was like just about. above Steph Curry. Yeah, but against the Pacers, it was all bench. It was the plus minuses were plus 22. For Collins, plus 23 for Turner and for Seth Curry. Stauskas was plus 6, but he had 10 points on 3 for 6 shooting, 2 for 3 three-pointers. He had 5 assists, and all of them, basically all of them, were beautiful to Zach Collins. Zach Collins had some awesome dunks. He was just soaring for a lot of the game, and like Zach Collins was so impressive in this game. And Swanigan, because that was the crazy thing about this game, is... Like, all our big men were in foul trouble. It was like Nurk came out with two fouls early in the game. Myers Leonard went out with three fouls still in the first quarter. Collins came in, and he was just balling out of his mind. Swanigan, well, Collins played better later on, but Swanigan came in, and he had four offensive rebounds this game, 10 rebounds, 11 points. Those are both career highs. Swanigan was just killing the whole game. He had a minus one for his plus minus, and he had five personal fouls. But it's like, to come in with all those big men already out of the way, it was just awesome to watch Swanigan and Collins playing great. Well, he had that, uh, he's, he's, he played at ball in, in, uh, at Purdue, right? Yeah, so. I hope Purdue's in Indiana, (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's in Indiana, so they were, they were talking (laughs) about that too, yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's got some, hopefully a couple hometown fans there, you know? Yeah. But I'm just super stoked about this bench unit. The starters, really, it's... Nurk is great in the starting unit. Uh, Collins has already been finishing games, like I predicted. He wouldn't be starting games, but he'd be finishing some. That's already been happening. 
Uh, he yep. had 27 minutes to Nurkic's 18. So it's just it's been going well. Nurk, you know, Nurk is gonna be Nurk. Sometimes he'll play great, other times he won't. The awesome thing tonight is he hit his first career three pointer. So that's oh, yeah. that's something that's like extremely underrated. I think just hitting <laughs> one of them. He he's now one for eight on the season, which isn't horrendous. And just him hitting one of them can increase our offensive efficiency so much. Just spreading the floor that much can mean a lot. So yeah. I think that's really good. My 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 funny reaction to that was like I was I I run a lot of our social media and um, I saw that every pretty much every Blazers Twitter account associated Twitter account tweeted like Nurk three or like three pointer from Nurk like it was this big thing and it's funny because like some of the accounts are more uh, or I should say less casual than others so like the actual Blazers uh, official Twitter um, which I would say is like one of the more uh, casual ones i mean sorry less less casual ones aside from you know people who are amateurs like ourselves uh they tweeted something like nurk three right away or um and then uh, like just everybody tweeted it and i was thinking to myself if if you're just like a casual blazers fan and you only watch them every like couple games or you're just getting used to the roster this season you're like what's the big deal here like but like you (laughs) like you said one for eight i guess uh, you know it doesn't happen too often, so you can't really expect too many people to know about it. I just thought it was funny how, how much the reaction blew up. Yeah, definitely. So a couple things from the deep bench of the Blazers, a couple notes. One is Wade Baldwin only has three minutes this season, and he had two turnovers in those three minutes. So I, I just I don't know if we can expect much from Wade Baldwin. Obviously, Man. that's a super small sample size, but that's not the most encouraging thing to see. Yeah, I feel bad for him, man, because he was... That we and this I, I thought about this earlier today. We have a lot of guys who will just go for on streaks, whether it be five yeah. game streaks or two game streaks, that they won't average twenty five. They won't have like a breakout game, but they'll get fifteen or nineteen, just under twenty, and they'll they'll just kind of come in, they'll come out. But the bad part about that is I'd almost rather have just one guy that could come out and just break that threshold that 25 point threshold so we know he can do it then just start giving him looks and like just really press that third person role on him you know and we did try to do that with nurk a little bit but you know how many wade my my long point being how many wade baldwins as a as a role have we had on this blazers teams where it seems like oh he's coming into his own he's locking down james harden and then like a couple weeks later we're like Man, what is what is he doing on our squad right now? Like he's riding the bench, and, yeah. And there are a lot of guys who haven't even came back out of that trough, you know, and have peaked again. Um, so I, I really hope the best for Wade because he seems like a really hardworking guy, and um, he's like a crazy athlete. His wingspan is ridiculous. I from what they I hear on TV and compared to his height ratio and whatnot. So he's a he's a really He's a really good defender, man. Too bad that he couldn't really de- develop offensively on our team, but there's just I'd rather see Nick Stauskas, who's been in the league longer, who who you know was drafted eighth. I'd rather see him put his skills to work. Yeah, definitely. So one small thing, uh, something I found interesting tonight is with Mo Harkless out, Anthony Simons suited up not Gary Trent Jr. And everyone talked about Gary Trent Jr. as being more NBA ready and Anthony Simons is more of a project. Uh, so 
do you think there's anything we can take away from Simons suiting up over Trent Jr.? I think Simons did really impress during preseason and even towards the end especially where they were just talking about his natural ball on the on the ball creating ability and whatnot. So I I don't know. I, I think that they there is a certain amount of truth to it, just natural offensive ability and whatnot, but isn't it I feel like it's very typical of the Blazers to say, Okay, here we go. We got this guy who whose father's in the NBA, NBA body Went to Duke, did it all the the way that it's pretty much done nowadays, and then we have this guy who's you know kind of underdeveloped, a little lanky, and you know has great natural instinct, but you know we're just gonna we're just gonna put this this put him in a box of what what we expect him to be, and you know he's gonna learn from first team Damian Lillard, and it's kind of like a fairy tale, you know, and the Blazers are very fairy tale esque. It's like they shoot for it almost every time they can. And it just feels like more often than not, it kind of crashes and burns. <laughs> and I don't know. A lot A lot of it hasn't really been our fault, but um, like the Greg Oden stuff and, um, you know, I just – I we when we see my like Myers having just a couple good games or we're just so we just grasp onto any narrative we kind of can. So I would I would yeah. much rather and maybe that's an overreaction on my part, but if you got a guy who's looking NBA ready and he's got the body for it and you got the need there with Mo Harkless being out, we don't really have that need for Yeah. Unless you're sliding over Stauskas to the three, which I actually do like, or I think we put Curry to the three, but I don't know. I think we're just still really working through the roles and where guys got to be and where guys want to be and where they feel the most comfortable. And um, the rookies are probably just Stotts' last priority, if there are any. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't expect him to have any minutes, um, especially this early in the season. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about is Jake Lehman. I mean, you've been high on Jake Lehman. It's awesome to see that he's been starting. I don't think he's been great. He hasn't been terrible, but... He hasn't Man. really affected the box score much at all. Um, isn't it a bummer, and though? when I watch him... Isn't that a bummer, though? I mean, come on, you were rooting for yeah. him a little bit, too. It wasn't just me. You were rooting for him a little bit. Oh, definitely. I'd love to see him do great. Uh, I just... I feel like watching him, he he's scared to step on the other player's toes. He's like, Damon CJ got to get their shots. I don't want to get in the way. But it seems like he's getting more and more comfortable every game. In this, in this game against the Pacers, of course, he was 0-2... Zero points, two rebounds, one assist, only 12 minutes played. Uh, but when he was out there, he got a rebound and he like instantly passed it off. I, I watched that. And he just he looked a lot more comfortable in his role on the team. Dame had a minus 13 in this game, so the, the starters weren't playing great anyway. But I think that as the season goes on, he'll get more comfortable. Whether or not he's still starting, uh, that'll, that'll definitely change his development i think i would rather mo start um and i'd take layman or myers leonard uh off the bench if swanigan wants to keep playing like he was tonight i'll take him off the bench yeah i'd rather have mo start how serious is this mo injury right now i haven't i know it's his knee and it's been kind of recurring it seems like it's always in the headlines but like do you know much more than that like what specifically what's wrong with it and, and what's the honestly i haven't like and been paying a ton of attention to his injury i just I'm just kind of used to him okay. being injured every once in a while. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Well, no worries. We can. I can go ahead and look it up as well. You know, quick little intermission. I don't know if you want to insert some ele- elevator music <laughs> here or something. Harkless is still dealing with lingering pain from a surgery in March, 
when he underwent a procedure to remove a loose body from his knee. Harkless missed, okay, and then they don't really de detail any more of his injury after that. It's kind of concerning. Sounds like he had like a foreign object in there. By the way, that's from Oregon, don't want to plagiarize, it's from Oregon Live, published October 10th, so giving credit where credit is due. Yeah, I have, I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, that's that's wild. But yeah, he's had that knee injury for a while. I wanted to talk about a few things around the NBA, um, so we can just kind of run through them real quick. First off, Clay just broke the three-point record, had 14 threes. That's just crazy. He finally broke out of his slump. Warriors are 6-1. and one. They're rolling. They've been slaughtering teams. Uh, they're just as scary as everyone thought they would be. Cavs are 0-6. They fired their head coach. Um, I never thought Tyron Lue was that great anyway. I think it's kind of ridiculous that they did fire him just for the poor start. I mean, LeBron James just left your team. There's, You can't have that high of expectations. But yeah, I'm... I didn't think he was great, but I think he deserved more of a shot than 0-6. Um, the Bucks just beat the Raptors to go 7-0. and uh, yeah. They're now the only undefeated team in the NBA. Uh, following my prediction to get Budenholzer, their head coach, get him coach of the year. They're 7-0 and to start off the season. And then you think, do you think Giannis, you think Giannis is going to get that MVP now? I haven't even been following his stats, honestly. So I'll I mean, into that. I think Giannis, Giannisly. Honestly, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure he's he's more than capable of getting MVP. Uh, I haven't been following stats too much, mostly just the Blazers and following how the NBA is going. There's just so much to pay attention to. Um, let's see. Yeah. So far this season, averaging 25 points per game, 14.2 rebounds. What? That's a lot. Giannis? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Look it up. Well, and, you know, there comes a point, too. Like, I was talking with a buddy, like, where, yeah, Giannis could do the most with that team and blah, 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 blah. But, and, you know, he's always going to be working with a little bit less than, than, like, the Warriors. But at some point, you got to ask yourself, how much do those 14 rebounds matter when Steph's putting up 50-something? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he scored 25, but Steph, if Steph's scoring 50, like. Yeah. It's just the NBA is just really crazy so far this year for sure from from the around the news league that I've observed. Yeah, I think uh, Giannis is more than capable of being the MVP this season. We'll just see if it continues. Uh, see how long the Bucks can stay undefeated. I'm sure it's no more than a couple games. Um, the Rockets and Thunder are struggling, so that's awesome to see. Uh, this next game is going to be huge for the Blazers. I'm really hoping that they can win it. If they lose this game, it's in Houston, but they're missing James Harden. So it's yeah, it's just such such an important game where if you lose against them, it's just really telling for how the season's going to go. You already lost two games to Eastern Conference teams. If you lose this one, if you can't capitalize, that's really scary. So I'm really hoping they can pull it out. I think they will, but we'll see. That'll be tomorrow. Um, hopefully they I mean, can it's lose just, a 5 It's just like... Uh... It's just like school, you know. If you if you turn in the first couple weeks worth of assignments and you start yourself off well, then you leave your room you leave yourself room for, you know, a couple a couple slips, a couple slip-ups. But unfortunately, the Blazers so often in recent seasons don't leave themselves room yeah. and then say, "Oh, we're kind of the the Cinderella of the moment and we always end up 
finding a way to clutch it here at the halfway mark through the season. But it's like, you know, it'd be great if we could just have ourselves already in that position and then also do that. And, you know, it's like, we don't need to have ourselves down just to be bouncing back. You know, we can just bounce in the first place. Yeah. So I'm trying to see, I'm definitely trying to see that this season. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think, w- I think winning games like the, like the Rockets games, like, like you had just discussed are definitely necessary, even though it's an away game with, with them being out with Harden and CP, CP three is he still suspended. I think he's back. I think he's back. Yeah. And yeah, so cause they had two games back. against the Clippers. So yeah, he should be back. Don't underestimate the old man. You know, he can do something. Yeah. So we'll have and, to lock him down. Yeah. And, you know, Dame does better against older guards, though. I've noticed these, he struggled against some of these more athletic, taller guards here in recent games. But I'm, I think that'll be a good matchup for him offensively, at least, um, against Chris Paul's kind of more veteran presence. But, anyways, man, we, uh, we want to go ahead and try and keep this here a little bit shorter, right, for our viewers. Um, was there any last minute uh, summary that you wanted to get in there? I'll just do one more. Uh, Rockets offered four first-rounders for Jimmy Butler. I think that's insane. Uh, I think the Timberwolves are stupid for saying no. You're not going to win a championship this year, Timberwolves, so you need to take whatever you can get. Jimmy Butler's going to be gone next season. That's Thibs. That's Thibs just being stubborn, dude. Thibs is just dumb. He wants the Timberwolves. That is such a... Such a dumb move on his part, dude. Can you imagine that? Four, you get four first round picks for one guy that's gonna probably leave you in a year. Why would you do that? That's yeah. just pride. That it's, has to just be pride. It's ridiculous that Thibodeau has any say in this because the only reason he wants that is because if he gets Eric Gordon in that trade, he at least has a decent record and he can stay being a coach. You know, if if his team, you know, has a twenty win decrease from one year to the next, it's gonna look bad on him. But guess what? If the Timberwolves care about their future, they need to do this trade. They need to take their four first-round picks and, you know, be a little worse for a few seasons. Uh, you got Andrew Wiggins taking even, up so much cast, and I cap wouldn't space even anyway. say, I wouldn't even say a little bit worse. I would say this is what's happening. And Andrew Wiggins, we need you to be more selfish. And if you if you don't have the confidence, fake it till you make it. We need you to be the player we paid you to be like. And then, if not if not that, at least try to be. And we need Cat to be uh, transcendent. We need him to step up and really be at an elite Joel Embiid center level, as they say he can be or has been in the past. Yeah. You know? And he's, he's, he's further into his career. So, if they, they're not even in a position where they can, they're, like, tanking. They still have a what many would consider to be an all-star. They'd have Jeff Teague. They'd have Andrew Wiggins. Um, I think they still have. He's bald. Taj Gibson. Yeah. Um, you know, like that's not even a terrible team. That's just a team that needs to get like some cojones. Yeah. For lack of a better term. I I think the Rockets are stupid for offering four first rounders, honestly. But the T Wolves are even stupider for saying no. Like I even last year with the Cavs. Can you, like can you imagine if someone offered four first rounders for LeBron James? That's like still a stupid decision because he's not even going to stay on your team unless you're the Lakers, well, maybe the 76ers you, or the Rockets. He's not going to stay on your team. Let me ask you this because it's going to it's going to be another Kawhi situation, maybe not Kawhi situation, but it's going to be another busy summer with Jimmy. And let's say what happens with like the Sixers where they thought they were in the running for Kawhi even though he wasn't a free agent, but they thought they were in the running for him and then he just ended up going 
to Toronto. And I guess that was kind of, that was on a different context. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you have a chance to get a player, even if it's kind of in under ridiculous terms, such as Toronto did um, in, in trading for Kawhi, and then it plays out well, and he's in the first seat in the East like he is now, and he just so happens to like it and stays with him, who's to say if it didn't play out that well for the Rockets, you'd be coming back and saying, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't wasn't quite a stupid uh, trade because what if what if they didn't make that trade and then Jimmy had the Rockets and then somebody else as an option this summer and then picked somebody else but would have enjoyed the Rockets if he would have been forced to have had the opportunity. Yeah, and you know, you're, you're going to have a, a better... It's a, it's a lot yeah, of what is. You'll, you'll have a better chance to get a player next season if you trade for him this season than if you wait till free agency. Because if, if you trade for him this season, it worked with Paul George, it's not going to work with every player, but it's, it's probably going to increase your chances. It shows them, we're willing to give up stuff to have you, we want you on this team. But four first-rounders for Jimmy Butler is just too much. I don't want the Blazers to try to beat that. That would just be ridiculous. Um, but yeah, man... The Rockets would sink, man. The Rockets would sink if if um, Jimmy just didn't produce or something. Yeah. And Chris Paul just retired in a yeah. couple years. They just had no trade value. They would sink. Like next year, Jimmy Butler leaves. Year after that, Chris Paul is a lot worse. Just where's your team now? You don't have any more first rounders. It's just ridiculous. T Wolves are stupid for saying no. T Wolves, if you're listening, say yes to that trade. You're not getting anything better. You're not going to win a championship this year or next year. You got to capitalize on this. All right, you heard it here first, T-Wolves. Boom. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. All right. Shout, shout out my uh, my friend Elliot up in uh, Minnesota. Shout out my friend Elliot. If you shout out to my best friend Zach Johnson up in Minnesota. Blazers fan, but still roots for the Wolves because, you know, whatever. They made the playoffs last year, so good for them. All right, well, let's, uh, let's right. Uh, close this up. Any other thoughts? No, I think that'll be it. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to episode five of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm excited to keep watching the Blazers play. Finally, we have some actual basketball to talk about. I'm excited for episode six coming up soon. Here's an outro from Ziggy Zay. Thanks, Zay. Check him out on Spotify. I'm going super safe. Achieve a heist that I ain't never seen in life You see I'm elevated, told me that I'd never make it That, that I was done and then my mind accelerated Yeah, I see I'm underrated, but I never stated or debated I'm the greatest, but the greatest me that I can be I'm trying to put the whole crowd on the edge of their seats But I put a little bounce on the edge of the beast uh, I ain't really about the green, no piccolo Sleep out like a light, no sycamore Stay away from the devil, he a teaser But if you get close, I'ma have to go Vegeta, yeah Normally I'm cooler than a freezer But now I'm on 10, so there's fun to be a breeze, sir I got the dry, so they giving me the keys Taking deuce to school just so they can pay the fees Pray and meditate, only way my knees Used to think I'm sick, now I really got it's all God's plan, how I'm doing this with ease Yeah, sounds nice, I ain't here to appease I'm sailing the seas, I'm wavy, pessimist daisies No bragging, just refuse to be lazy No lagging, the connection is crazy Yeah, I do this as a hobby, but I spit like they pay me, yeah